Welcome to Her Extraordinary Life by Design, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I'm your host, Leslie Gaudet, self-care coach for women who are ready to make self-care a priority to support them in life and business. Every week, I'll be speaking with inspiring women from various walks of life who will share their personal journeys and will discover how they have fearlessly carved their own paths as business owners, passionately pursuing their dreams, and creating a meaningful impact on their communities. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to Her Extraordinary Life by Design, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. Today, I'm excited. We're starting off our interviews with extraordinary women and we'll be talking with the beautiful Dr. Elizabeth Plannon. Straight from the backwoods of the bayous of Louisiana, Dr. Elizabeth Plannon is an avid motorcycle riding grandma of six and serial entrepreneur with a servant's heart. She's an award-winning speaker, coach, and five-time international best-selling author, touching lives around the world through storytelling, writing, and motivation with a healthy dose of humor. She teaches passionately about entrepreneurship, storytelling, legacy, and marriage. Having experienced a traumatic, abusive childhood, chronic illnesses, and severe pain caused by multiple auto accidents, including one that left her disabled and bedridden for 12 years, she continues to fight to serve others and fulfill her God-given purpose. On top of everything wonderful about her that I have already shared, we share a common goal in that we're both members of the She Rises Studios Collective Leadership Team, where we're in a powerhouse group of women whose purpose is to empower and inspire women all over the world to live their best lives. I'm really excited to get this conversation rolling. So let's talk to this beautiful lady. Welcome, Dr. Elizabeth. It's great having you on the show today to start us off. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm glad we finally got my schedule all together and I can be here. Yeah, it's great. So I wanted to get right into it. So let's start by getting to know you a little bit better. You've given me a little bit in your bio, but please share a little bit more about your life and how you grew up. And then after that, we'll dive into what you're currently doing today. So the floor is yours. Oh, my, my childhood was tumultuous and difficult at best. And I wrote about it in my first book, Beauty Rising from Brokenness, and how in my 30s, it all caught up with me. And I was trying to go through life and keep it all buried, the abuse and the dysfunction and all of that. And then I started getting really chronically ill in my 30s and started putting the pieces together that it was things, um, traumas earlier in life that were triggering those chronic illnesses. A lot of people don't know that you can even have pre-birth traumas that trigger illnesses later in your life, like diabetes and chronic fatigue syndrome. A lot of the autoimmune illnesses can be triggered by earlier traumas. So I was in the process of working on my, I believe at that time I was working on my bachelor's in natural health. And then I went on to get my doctorate in naturopathic medicine. So I kind of had some clues there in my education that helped me be able to recognize what was going on and how to start healing that naturally. And uh, that was my growing up. I married my husband at the ripe old age of 18 after having only known him for four months, much to my mother's dismay. And thank God we've been married 38 years. I ended up getting the right one. Yay. (laughs) 
And we, he is a retired um, lieutenant colonel in the Air Force, um, did 33 years of an Air Force career. So he traveled all over the country and raised three kids and homeschooled them as we moved around the country while I was working part-time uh, doing, I said, a serial entrepreneur. Everywhere we lived, I have a different identity. Some people know me as the Tupperware lady. Some people know me as the caterer, the Cajun and Southern caterer, because everywhere we moved, I would start a new business. And I think I have maybe a little ADHD somewhere in there where I just jump around, do a lot of different things. I like to do different stuff. And so um, finally have settled on what I'm doing now, which is helping women tell their story and uh, whether however they want to tell it, because I don't want another woman to leave this planet without sharing her wisdom and leaving her legacy. Yeah, so I love that you shared that little bit. And we're going to segue now into your business, but thanks for sharing that little snippet into you know, your life and how you got to where you are. So let's talk about your business. Tell us what you do and how you discovered your passion and purpose and what steps you took to pursue it. Oh my. Well, I, I often tell women when they, when I start working with them and they're like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what I want to be. The same thing that I was told, you have to kiss a lot of toads before you get to the handsome prince. It's kind of the same thing with discovering your purpose and your calling. You try a lot of different things until you find the thing that you go, oh, I love this and I can do this forever. And that's kind of what I've been doing. I think pretty much my whole life is bouncing around to different businesses, different entrepreneur journeys, figuring out what it was that was my specific calling. And in 2002, I was at a Women of Faith conference with my church group. And I was sitting at that conference and one of the ladies was speaking and I heard this still small voice that almost felt audible to me say, I want you to do that. I want you to speak and empower women. And I kind of thought, I'm just imagining things and I kind of blew it off. You know, I knew it was was the Holy Spirit speaking to me, but I didn't want to hear what he was saying. And I was just kind of like, oh, okay, I'm just imagining things. And then the following Sunday at church, the youth pastor's wife came up to me after church and my children weren't youth age. I knew who she was, but I didn't really know her and she didn't really know me. And she said, I was thinking about you at that conference. And I thought you'd be really great at doing that with your experience of traveling and being a military spouse and homeschooling. You'd be really great at speaking. And my jaw hit the floor. I was like, there is no way she could know what I heard. And that kind of gave me a little inkling of the direction I was headed. And then a few weeks later, we were in the process of going to a new duty station. And my devotional was Isaiah 61. I have called you to be a person to go out into and preach and bind the brokenhearted. And at that point, I knew I had a lot of healing to do. But I felt like that was the third piece of the puzzle for me was what my calling was. And I started working towards finishing up my education and starting a business. And then we had our car accident, which I think we'll talk about a little bit later, which I, in my bio, um, everybody heard that I was down for 12 years after that car accident, fighting to come back. But I know why God called me in 2002 and the accident happened in 2005 because I needed that passion and that purpose to drive me to want to fight to get back up. And so I knew that I was supposed to be out talking to women, speaking to women, helping them share their story, sharing my story and my journey with them to encourage and empower them. 
And that's what drove me to continue to fight to get back from that accident and to get well and get back on my feet. Yeah, I love how you, and, and it's so funny how we say that, right? Like we we hear the voice or we hear we get that prompting, but it's like, okay, yeah, no. It, it, like, how can you be asking me to do that? We doubt, and yet we're given, you know, obviously different gifts or skill sets that we know we can use. And because you were, I almost like you needed that additional validation or sign, if you will. He brought you the pastor's wife to say, hey, by the way, and it's like, okay, you were speaking to me. You actually do think I can do this. So I really love that. So can you share a specific strategy or a mindset shift that's played a significant role in your success as a business owner? I had to make some major mindset shifts after that car accident and being in chronic pain all the time and being in bed. I went from a wheelchair to a, a walker to walking with a cane and it took that process of 12 years. And I know God can reach down and he can heal us in an instant, but I had to work for my healing. And I think one of the primary mindset shifts that I had was surgery eight or seven or eight, somewhere around there after the accident, because it's an ongoing repair and replace process at this point. I was on so many pain medications for maintenance just to get me through the days that after that surgery, they cannot control my pain. And they kept wanting to send me home. And my husband kept saying, I'm not taking her home because she's, she's, I'm just going to have to call 911. She's going to be back here by ambulance. And so they said, well, we can keep you for 24 hours after this surgery. And I was in the room. I had already blown two IVs and they started third IV. They just had given me all the pain medication they could give me. It was not controlling my post-surgical pain. And my teeth were chattering and I was sweating and I was shaking. And I just looked at my husband. And this happened to me about three times in my life. I looked at him and I said, I'm done. I'm not doing it this way anymore. I'm going to go home and figure out a way to get off this medication and live my life and do what I've been called to do. And that was exactly what you said, a mindset shift, because I had to make the, I could have, could I have done it sooner? Probably. But I had to get to that point where I was completely fed up with the way things were. And I knew there had to be a change. And I went home and I started making a plan for how am I going to get off this pain medication? Because at that point, I was on 120 Percocets a month, 30 Dilaudids for breakthrough pain, and I was getting shots in my neck, shots in my back, and I was, um, and I had already had, like I said, up to that point, six or seven surgeries. And that was a mindset shift of being done. I'm done. I'm not living this way anymore. And I went home and I made a plan to break the pills in half and take one half less of pills instead of taking four a day into three and a half. And I, I printed out a blank calendar and I marked off every day for a month. And then I took away another half a pill and I marked off a day every day for a month until I weaned myself completely off of all of that medication. And during that process, I also decided I had to start getting up. So I would get up and sit in a chair for just two or three minutes and lay back down or stand for a minute or two and slowly start inch by inch working my way back because I had to work for it. And I think that's what we have to do. We have to get to a place where we're like, I am not okay with being unhealthy anymore. I'm not okay with 
eating the junk food anymore. I'm not okay. I wasn't okay with being in pain and laying in bed anymore. And we shift our mindset to say, I'm done. And now I'm going to figure out a new way to do it, to get up, to get past this. Yeah. I mean, wow. What a powerful story too to be able to tell, especially, you know, with medications, like you said that you were taking and it's, you felt like you needed it at the time because you were in a lot of pain, but were you going to allow your life to be that or were you going to make changes and that shift in how you thought about it was like, okay, the only thing that I can do is to take baby steps and your baby steps were one, weaning yourself off of that medication and then getting yourself up to whether it was just standing or like you said, sitting, you had to start somewhere, you know, our healing starts somewhere and, it, and no matter what what it is that we decide to do, it has to start in one place. And if it evolves into something more, great. But in order for it to evolve, we have to start. So I love that you, that you brought that up. So my next question is two-part. It's around self-care. First, what does self-care mean to you and how do you prioritize it daily in your life? It is something that I think is so key for me and for all women. And I never had self-care modeled to me by the women in my life. They were always taking care of the family, taking care of their husband, taking care of the house, taking care of everything, but never stopped to take care of themselves. And I did that. I I was, before I was injured, I was running nonstop, go, go, go. And a lot of it was trying to stay ahead of the pain and turmoil from my childhood, but also because I didn't know how to take care of myself. And so in through my studies and in through getting over the chronic illness and everything that was triggered by my childhood and the chronic pain that was triggered by the accidents, I had to learn to take care of myself. And I had to, and that was part of that was my naturopathic training as well. That was part of our, our training and doing things like, I know everybody is all the cliche stuff, you know, like take a hot bath with candles, take a walk, do all these things for me. If I've had a really busy, hectic day, I just sit in my chair, which is my favorite chair, which where is where I sit most of the time when that helps me not be in so much pain. And I need to just let my mind be in neutral, just let my mind wander. So I put on headphones with music playing. And I just close my eyes. And when the kids were home, I'd even put my eye mask on that I wear at night. And I'd say, if my eye mask is on, I'm, I'm checked out. I'm not here. Um, you know, and so that I could have a few minutes, even if it's just five minutes. I put praise and worship music on my phone, my headphones in. And that just allows me to relax. And then I go through my breathing exercises, yoga breathing, six inhales through your nose hold for six and then count to six when you exhale, just to give my body that tells my body we're, we're ramping down, we're calming down, we're, you know, and then my mind is at ease because I've got my music playing and I've got the eye mask on. So the lights blocked out and I am able to take my mind and go to my happy place. And you're going to laugh when you hear my happy place. My happy place is the back of our motorcycle. I love to ride our motorcycle. People think I'm crazy after the wrecks that I've been in and the injuries I've had, but it is, I love it. The sound of the music, the sound of the engine running and the pipes and the wind blowing through my hair, especially if we're in, in the mountains. I love to ride the Smoky Mountains in Tennessee. So I'll just be in that place with my music going and my mask on 
and I'm just letting myself be on the back of the motorcycle in my mind where I'm rested and relaxed and it's my happy place. And that's what works for me better than anything else to get to my place where I'm taking care of myself. We had um, this week, Monday, Tuesday, we were coaching a couple. And when we do our marriage reboots, my husband and I do marriage coaching together. When we do our marriage reboots, it's an intense process of two, eight or nine hour days of intense coaching, just us and a couple working through everything. So by the end of the day, I'm too exhausted to go for a walk. I'm definitely not going to go get on the motorcycle and ride. We're both too exhausted to be safe. And we want to be safe. we got those six grandkids to, to love on. We don't want to go anywhere anytime soon. <laughs> so I'm able to sit down in my chair and do that in my head with my music and my eye mask. And that helps me just relax and then go into the evening where I'm not still all keyed up for what we've been doing during the day. Yeah, no, I love that you do the visualization. That's a beautiful way to relax. I think, and your brain really doesn't know the difference of whether it's happening or it's not happening. I mean, when you are in the visualization of it, obviously you've experienced it before. So you're actually, you're experiencing it again, just in your mind, but it's still something and I think that's great because it brings you back to a place of joy. So that's great. I love that you do that. That's something I love to do as well. So how do you find balance between your personal and your professional life? And what tips do you have maybe for our listeners who may struggle with this? That is a difficult one, especially I remember when my kids were still home and we had all the busyness of the family and homeschooling and all the everything. Now it's still it's still not that easy because my husband and I live in an RV and we travel. We're in Florida right now. We normally live in Texas, but we're in Florida right now. Excuse me. And Florida, I'm very allergic to Florida. So excuse my voice. I'm working with a frog in my throat all the time. But um, we I try to. We try to have our separate times, like his time to wind down is he goes for a walk in the evening and he goes for a two mile walk and that's his time. And that gives me my time to be quiet and be here by myself and to keep that balance. And I have to be sure with the injuries that I've had and the chronic illnesses, the chronic pain that I deal with, I have to build breaks into my day. So I will build stop points into my day where I will have an hour in the morning, in the middle of my morning, or a half hour in the middle of my morning, where I can just step away and relax. And I have to build that in. I have to have set times in my time. You know, I can't still be answering emails at 10, 11 o'clock at night, like a lot of women who are do or entrepreneurs do, because it, the business can come in and take over your whole life. And I have to really guard my schedule to be sure that I have that balance between, because there's no separation. We live in an RV. Our life is in an RV. Our businesses are in an RV. Everything's right here. So if I didn't delineate that on my calendar and make myself stick to it, like from three to four, I'm going to be off the clock as far as work goes. I'm going to sit in my chair and just relax and let my mind go. It would be very easy for me because I'm very driven to let business and everything come in and take over my life. And I've done that with other businesses. And I've just learned that I have to schedule myself and I have to use that notification turn off button on my phone and that mute button 
to put it away and say, no, I'm not going to do this right now. This is not right now. This is my time to do our, our time together for my husband and I just to talk and have, and then I take Sundays or my totally day off. I check my emails and my social media once late on Sunday evenings and that's it. Other than that, Sunday is my day to rest and to be completely unplugged. I love that. And I think too, like you touched on that, the breaks, how important are breaks, right? Because a lot of the time, especially when, you know, as an entrepreneur, you go, well, let's just take it back for a second. When you're an employee, if you've been the employee, you know that you have structure. It's already set for you. You have your hours that are set for you. You have your job description. And so, you know, when your breaks, well, you know, when your lunch break is, you know, if you have breaks throughout the day, so that's already set for you. But when you become an entrepreneur, that's when you actually have to decide. You have to decide, okay, when am I going to work? When am I going to take time for me? How long am I going to work? How am I structuring it? And I think a lot of that is where there's a lot of, I think, the hardships come in for, you know, the stress, the burnout, because that is a really hard thing to try to figure out. How do I, how do I, how, how do I as an entrepreneur structure my time? And I think that's what you were saying is like structuring your time. There's freedom. I truly believe that when you structure your day, you structure your week or whatever your tasks are, there's true freedom because you now have clarity around what you're going to do. And then you also have, you know, that you're looking at your time, you're using it better. And then of course, structuring in those breaks is really important too, because then you're allowing yourself to relax, your brain to relax, not always be go, go, go. And that's, I think, really hard for for entrepreneurs is being able to like step away from the doing and just allow yourself to be for just a moment, even if it's five minutes, like you said. So I love that you you brought that in. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's really important to block your time. Like I have blocks of time where I do emails in this block. I might do social media in this block. I, and so I have my time blocks out so that I know this is when I'm doing this. And like I said, I turn those notifications off on my phone because I can't stand all those little numbers beside all the apps and my phone constantly going off. So you have to utilize those things to keep the peace and to keep you healthy. Because if you're not healthy, you can't you can't serve in your business, your family, or anything else. Totally agree. So last question, what advice would you give to women who are maybe afraid to pursue their dreams or start their own business? I say, if you feel like you have that calling on your life, I knew I was an entrepreneur from early. I come from a long line of entrepreneurs and I knew that that was just what I wanted to do. I've worked jobs and I've had some I loved and some I didn't. I've had businesses I loved and some I didn't. But I, it's back to kissing a lot of toes. If you think that that's something you want to do and you want to pursue in being an entrepreneur or starting a business, even if it's a direct sales business or whatever, try it. Just tell yourself to give yourself six months to try it and see if you like it. See if it's a good fit. I know when we moved to Michigan, my husband had I got to a point in his rank where I didn't have to have a part-time job. And he said, I don't want you to have to go back to work. You can do whatever you want to do. I'm like, 
what do I want to do? I don't even know. What do I want to be? And he said, well, take a basket weaving class. And I'm like, I'm not really a basket weaver. That's just not something I would enjoy doing. I knew enough about me. And I took a, um, I had, I got a flyer in the mail from the community college and they were having an off-campus class on Tuesday nights at the local school. And it was a nutrition class. And I was like, oh, I might be interested in that. So I signed up just for that class. It wasn't for credit or anything. It was just to take the class to learn. And then I take, I took a Mexican cooking class and then I took a psychology class and I joined a couple of women's social groups, just kissing those frogs and figuring out what it was I wanted. I needed, I wanted to do what I needed to be before I landed on being a speaker. Even though that being a speaker had been spoken into me, I still was trying to figure out what do I want to speak on? Who do I want to speak to? And it's really taken the last six years that I've been building my business to land on being a story coach and helping other women tell their story, either in books or from stage, or even if they just want to write blogs or storytelling online, if they want to just leave it for their family so that their family has that legacy. So it's just about getting out there, trying some things, give yourself permission to be in to be a kid and be inquisitive. And you can also start asking yourself questions. What did you like to do as a child? I love to teach school. So school was a natural draw for me. And I used to pretend to play school and teach all of my my baby dolls. And they were all sitting up and I had the chalkboard and everything. So just think about what are some of those things you like to do as a kid? What did you dream about doing and being when you were a child? What are some jobs or some volunteer positions that you've done that are things that you absolutely loved? Sit down and just kind of do an inventory of that. And then think about, well, how would I want to try that now? And don't think of it as I'm going in with this is a, you know, a 40-year commitment. I'm going to go in and give this a try. It might be the right one, might not, but I'm going to give it a try and see what I'd like. And then be brave. Just be brave. Be brave enough to step out and do something different. Be courageous and try something. Just like you did when you were a kid, you know, the first time a thunderstorm came through and you got to run out and play in the rain. You know, you tried it. You might not like it, but you tried it. So you've just got to let yourself explore and try things that you're interested in. Yeah, I love that. Great advice. So thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. It's been a real pleasure speaking with you, but I actually do have one more question for you, if I may. I'm at the end of the list, though. You didn't send me yeah, another question. I know I did not because I only thought of this yesterday. It's tailored specifically to you because I know you and, I, and you have such an incredible life story. I, I just didn't want to miss out on asking you this last question. So as an avid motorcycle riding grandma, which you've shared, what role does adventure and freedom play in your life? And how does that contribute to your overall sense of empowerment, including the way you approach your mission to help others? Oh, wow. It is huge for me. I did not marry a man in the military. He went in the military after we got married. So it's a choice we made together. And I have always had a kind of a gypsy kind of spirit about me. I love to travel. I never really thought I'd live anywhere but Louisiana, but I always knew I wanted to travel the world and see places and do things. And I think that you have to embrace that childlike spirit of wonder when you're, when you're even as an adult. It gives us this freedom to embrace adventure. 
so we always looked at, we always lived when the Air Force moved us to a new place. We were there anywhere from two to four years. So we didn't call it, this is our home right now or whatever. This was our vacation on the Air Force. We had a two-year vacation on the Air Force. So in Michigan, we saw all of the state of Michigan, the UP, everywhere. We looked at it as an opportunity to travel and see places. So I think you just have to change the way you look at things in life as as I'm going, this is an, an opportunity to be on an adventure, to see something different, to do something different. And that frees you up to have fun and get to uh, things that you get to do. I don't, you know, I have to get up every day and do the things I've got to do. But what are my get to's today? So ask yourself every morning, what do I get to do today that might be fun and adventurous, that might bring more fun and adventure into my life and then embrace those things and go for them. I've seen the entire United States two to four years at a time. We moved 17 times in 33 year career of the Air Force. So we've seen a lot of the United States. Now my next adventure is overseas. I've only been to Germany, but that's on my list. And I'm excited about seeing different places and meeting new people because it's always an adventure. So look at life. How can I reframe it? It's about reframing how you think of things. I could have went, oh man, here we go again, moving again. Another, you know, I'll find another house, find another school, find another job, or I get to meet a lot of new people. I get to experience new culture. I get to experience new foods. It's an adventure. So reframe those things instead of got to. I've got to move, but I get to look at it as an adventure and do something different. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love that. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for that. What an inspiring story you have to share with the world. And definitely you're in a position to inspire women all over the world to go after their dreams, to be adventurous and live their lives on purpose. So thank you for that. I absolutely love what you shared today. And I'm going to make sure that all the show notes provide our listeners with how they can get in touch with you. And again, thank you again for taking the time to speak with me today. It has been such a pleasure having you on the show to kick us off, actually. I'm so excited. I'm so glad that I was able to do it. We've been trying to do this for a while. We finally, I think it worked out when it's supposed to work out. Exactly. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and an amazing week. Until then, keep dreaming, keep believing, and keep designing your extraordinary life one day at a time. Thank you for joining me on Her Extraordinary Life by Design. I hope you've been inspired and empowered by the incredible stories shared on this show. If you enjoyed this episode and the conversations we've had, I would greatly appreciate if you could take a moment to leave a review. Your feedback and support mean the world to me and it will help others discover the podcast and join our empowering community. Remember to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Together, we can continue to learn from these amazing women, uncover their extraordinary journeys, and be motivated to create our own lives by design. Thank you again for tuning in. Until next time, stay empowered and keep shaping your extraordinary life one day at a time. Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. 
I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Ravelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to Electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electricast.